Hello again, fun fans, and thanks for listening. Welcome back, and welcome to the first ever Best of Fun Fans podcast. It's going to be the best of 2022, as decided by you, the listeners, based on the number of downloads. My co-host, Bailey Jackson, is on assignment, but he'll be back with us next time. We hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas, and you guys are ready to rock and roll into 2023. Speaking of having fun and rocking and rolling into the new year, uh, give a shout out to our title sponsor, Ruben Foods, Sports, Spirits, and Catering. The best wings around with two locations in the upstate, 1083 Batesville Road in Greer and 11028 Anderson Road in Piedmont, South Carolina. Find them at rubensc.com. So here we go. The top five podcasts, the best of 2022 Fun Fan Podcast. Number five is titled The Beginning, the first ever Fun Fans Podcast when it was just me and I didn't know what I was doing. Okay, so what a great weekend of college football we had this past Labor Day weekend. Personally, my cool experience was to spend the weekend in the D.C. Arlington area with my family, visiting my daughter who recently moved uh, to that area to go to graduate school. So there's always cool stuff when you're trying to watch games, but you're with the family. You're in the city, not really a city guy. Uh, but we're in the big city and we're on the subway and uh, we had some some fun times uh, watching some football games, trying to see the big games and stuff while we are doing what we wanted to do with the family, all daughters. So some have interest in football, uh, but most honestly do not. Now, one thing I learned while I was in D.C. that is important to every college football fan is that there are no Waffle Houses in DC. That's 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 good to know. You need to find an alternate late night hunger location other than what is typical down here in the south, at least in South Carolina. And uh that's the Waffle House. It's also hard to find a public restroom. I don't know if you've uh spent a lot of time in the city, but nobody seems to have their CVSs, uh, CVSs. There's a CVS on every corner. Uh, but none have a public restroom. So be careful as you're in, enjoying uh, the beverages with the football uh, that you're at a place that will let you use their restroom. I don't know if anybody has run into that themselves, but uh, feel free to mention that. Find me on social media. I'm not that hard to find on any social media. James Dillard, J-D-I-L-L-A usually, or J-Thrilla on TikTok. Uh and uh, tell me about an experience you may have had in the city. Ran into something similar in New York. Number four is brought to you by Eastside Transportation. Eastside Transportation has been serving the upstate of South Carolina, Charlotte, Atlanta, Columbia, Asheville, and surrounding airports since 1997. They're conveniently located next to the GSP International Airport. They're also located in the GSP Airport near the baggage claim. Eastside Transportation, the exclusive chauffeured ground transportation at GSP. Call Eastside Transportation at 864-609-5466. So the number four podcast of 2022 is called Our First Argument. Bailey and I rarely disagree, but it happened here. We also had former Lady Tiger basketball star Dory Kidd on with us as our guest. I've been a Clemson football fan for 30 years now. 
going right. on. No, over. It'll be over 30 years. Yeah, I grew up a Georgia Tech fan. My dad played at Georgia Tech, so I've always been in the ACC as far as college football. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech fans till 18, college or Clemson football starting in 1992 when I was a freshman at age 18. So, you know, this year we've uh, had a little curveball thrown. And as you know, my son's now at the University of Tennessee. He started there in June as a freshman. Of course, he's well into freshman year as a student, and they've started practicing. It's different than when we were at Clemson. They practice year-round. I mean, I don't right. know. The NCAA just threw all the rules out the window, I feel like, in the last couple of years. There so they're, they're already practicing every day. Um, and we got the, uh, the privilege to go to a football game yesterday. Very good. So that's what Stadium. That was a huge game. Tell us about, you know, anything that was, you know, special and including the part. You sent me a picture, a couple of really cool pictures. So tell us about your experience yesterday at the Tennessee Florida game. Well, I guess, you know, too, it was college game day in Knoxville yesterday. So you and your daughter need to get up and go at 6 a.m. on Saturday, okay? I expect nothing less than to see you on the big screen Saturday morning between 9 a.m. and 12 noon because you know I'll be watching. I'll be watching on TV. I will not be there in person. I have to have a blow-up bed at the tailgate. That's okay. uh, Do it. If if I do something (laughs) like that now. I'll ship you an air mattress. Do it for me. Do it for the both of us. But, yes, I was at Neyland Stadium. I should – I kind of – I think I just told a little white lie because I actually, James, this is sad, but at the uh, 11th hour, I decided not to go into the stadium. We tailgated. We arrived on campus about 11 o'clock yesterday morning, and college game day was set up. The highlight for my seven-year-old was getting to see, what is her name, Bianca Belair. She was the guest picker yesterday. So we stood there and watched that for a little bit, and we walked and walked and walked and walked over to Thompson Bowl Arena which where, is where the men's basketball team was tailgating. Okay. And we walked through a lot of different colored orange, James. It was <laughs> very different hue than I'm used to. My eyes are still adjusting yeah. back to normal. Yeah, so, um, Florida orange and, some... and nectarine orange. But it was a pretty sight. I'm embracing it. I'm trying anyway. So you, got, um, you tailgated with the – the men's basketball, like a, a lot of their families were there, I guess. Well, you know what? There were not many parents there. I'll be honest. The whole team was there. I think they were required to be there for at least an hour and just come and make an appearance because, yes, there were supporters. I would assume it was kind of like how the Orange and White Brigade, is that still in existence at Clemson? I think it's so. Sort of, it's part of IPTE. So, you know, similar to IPTE for the University of Tennessee. And it was up on the little concourse where it was it was very familiar to me. It's, it was reminiscent of Clemson, truly, because, I mean, it was just you could just feel that rich tradition mm-hmm. and heritage that Tennessee has. I mean, that was the 100th year or it's over 100 years old that there's been a football game at that stadium. That stadium is 100 years old. Wow. Which is last minute. I decided I didn't want to walk up those steps and go all the way to the top. <laughs> Of this 100-year-old stadium, and I would just prefer to walk down the street. So we did. We, we went to the men's tailgate, basketball tailgate, and I saw a guy that you probably remember. I did send you a picture. Oh, yeah. Coach Barnes. Talked to him for a little bit, and um, he's all in with Ball Nation. On behalf of everyone trying to watch that game yesterday, cutting in with that baseball crap was just complete – just completely ridiculous. Nobody watching that game, no Clemson or Wake Forest fan, 
cared anything about whether whoever that guy was, I don't even remember his name, whether he was going to get a home run or not. And that might have been a big deal to some people, but the the network got eaten alive on every social media that I saw, and that was not fun at all. (laughs) Who was it, Bailey? You know what was going on? Well, yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge was about to tie the home run record. (laughs) Okay, well. It, I get it. Let's let's put that up in the corner of the screen, not split the screen, because I Maybe. luckily I was at the game, but I watched the replay. I mean, I I recorded it and watched Clemson again when I got home, so it was frustrating because um, you know half a screen, pretty frustrating. But yeah, it, it's kind of important, I guess. On these shows like this, we're supposed to kind of argue with each other, so I'm going to disagree a little bit with you. Okay. Yeah, I think that's why my husband was okay with watching the game on TV, so he could also watch a few other things going on at the same time. Although right. I don't, he plays for the Yankees, right? So. Yep. Yes. No, no and, well, that's what a lot of <laughs> a lot of the banter was on social media. You know, if I want to see that, I'll just go watch that. You know, it's, things aren't hard to find on the internet now. So true. Anyways, be so in that, person. That's right. That's my yeah. vent. My venting about uh, splitting the screen, but watching the. Number three is brought to you by J-Do. J-Do as himself, MC, entertainer, entrepreneur, pep rallies, corporate events, game shows, fundraisers, galas. Just put that man on the mic and let him liven up the party. Not only is J-Do a friend of mine, I've seen him work, and you and your organization will not be disappointed anytime you add J-Do to your function. You can find him at itsjdo.com and on all forms of social media at itsjdo. So the number three podcast of 2022 is simply called Bubba because everybody knows Bubba Britton. Speaking of the cool story, okay, yeah. I, Bubba, you know which one I'm referring to, right? Every <laughs> guy. The, the I mean, the, I mean the, uh, the, the Hill story. The Hill story. All right, all right, podcast listeners. Every coach and player loves the running down the hill at Clemson University, but, you know, your average ordinary – you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry, Joe fan normally doesn't get to experience that. But Bubba, tell tell us your hill story. So, uh, you know, they say if you if you really want to do something, you got to kind of uh, call your shot and, and make yourself accountable to do so. And well, um, shockingly, you know, uh, uh, James, you and I both played football at Chester High School, and shockingly, uh, despite being uh, what I would like to uh, call the self-proclaimed best backup tight end in the state of South Carolina in 1992. <laughs> Um, I wasn't being recruited by anyone specifically wasn't being recruited by Clemson. And, uh, I, I developed a plan that I wanted to run down the hill and experience the most exciting 25 seconds in college football. So I, 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 I devised the, the plan. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, my brother had been an equipment manager with the football team. And with that, you know, came, you know, discarded, you know, helmets that didn't meet, um, uh, you know, there must have been a crack or something with them, uh, some old jerseys, some old pants that were no longer used. Um, and I played high school football, as, as I previously mentioned. And so I, I kind of told folks after the first game of the season that I was going to run down the hill with the team. Keep in mind, this is pre-internet, pre-cell phones, <laughs> pre-email. Um, after going to every game home or away, including Japan, uh, as a student, my brother said he had just graduated in the spring of 92 and said, you know, I'm going to take this this year and I'm going to watch games on TV and, you know, and just just, you know, not have a Saturday where I have to you know have hustle and bustle. So he was uh, down in Columbia at the time. And uh, so the week before the homecoming game against Duke was the week that I, I said, this is when it's going to happen. 
And so I went up Friday after my game on Friday night, high school game, tester uh, game. And I took those discarded, you know, uniform items that my brother had acquired over the years, Clemson uniform pieces. And I went up and stayed with our good friend, uh, you know, Harold Helms, God rest his soul. And mm. uh, the next morning got up, hung out at my, um, at my, uh, at my parents tailgate in lot one. And about an hour before game time, I got in the car and, uh, put on the, the uniform and then, and then exit. And I had a you know, full Clemson uniform on and at that, you know, I was six foot three, you know, probably about 180 pounds. So I was a little skinny kid, but I was tall and I guess I could, uh, probably, you know, play pull it of a, of a pull off of a college football yeah. player. And I started, uh, you know, as we got closer to game time, I, um, my plan was to hide behind a car behind the hill. And, you know, the, the, the team usually comes around and, and of course it's been well documented in the last, the last game against NC state, you know, they usually bring a couple of buses and often they'll have a couple of, um, uh, cat buses for, you know, to, for any, any, uh, you know, extra players. And so mm-hmm. my plan was just to run a you know, run between a couple of the, of the, uh, the, the buses and buses came around. Oh, as I was walking, I ran into, uh, Senator Fritz Hollins, who was running for reelection and he patted me on the shoulders and said, have a good game today, son. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I don't think there'd be a random single football player out out walking around, but okay. Thanks for the 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 the, the words of good luck there, Senator. Yes, sir. Uh, and I heard I kind of crouched down behind a, a, a suburban that where people were tailgating, and they they saw what was going on. Everybody, you know, the people who saw what was going on, was like you know, started getting wind of what was about to happen. Well, team came through with the buses, and I just crossed the street, went between the first bus and the second bus, timed it either. <laughs> Timed it either really well or really poorly as I was right up near the front. Uh, mm. Will Young, who uh, was All American lineman, he uh, and and I believe he and he's the head coach at, at Greer High School. He he's laughed about. It. He turned around and looked, and he's like, "This guy is supposed to be there, but I, I I'm gonna let it ride." And uh, got up there to the front and put my hand on the rock, and the band started playing, and it was kind of like getting on a roller coaster when it's going up, and you know you can't get off of it. At this point, it was gonna happen. And uh, the band came uh, closer and closer uh, with the Orange Bowl march, right about to jump into Tiger Rag. The, the cannon was fired, and down we went. One of the most exhilarating experiences of my life. You know, got down, I'm running around, going crazy. Get to the sidelines, I'm jumping around. and uh, uh, But I had not developed an exit plan. <laughs> there you go. And, and so as I'm standing on the sidelines, all fired up and kind of, you know, kind of looking around, kind of trying to take everything in, what, what, what I was going to do. And um, all of a sudden, uh, Doc Fred Hoover, who uh, just passed away a couple months ago, longtime trainer for the, for the, for the football program, he mm-hmm. comes up to me and uh, starts, you know, uh, emphatically asking me what I was doing and who I was. And I looked next to me. And uh, I was wearing number 31, and, and next to me was, out of 100-plus players, was number 31, Derek Witherspoon, who was a star running back who would go on and play in the NFL for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, so uh, with that said, uh, he, he was not happy with, who, with me being there. In the meantime, a strength training coach came over, and he said, uh, his name was either Scott Hines or Scott Kynes. I can never re- recall. But uh, he looked like Mark McGuire, just enormous with like a red goatee and he said, Doc, I got this. He said, uh, put his arm around me and said, Boy, what'd you, what do you do? What would you think you were doing? I said, Man, I just want to run, to run down the hill. And at that moment, he started laughing. And, and James, at, the, at that moment, I knew, hey, this is going to be okay. Yeah. So he, uh, 
he said, well, look here, I'm going to tell that security guard down there at the, um, at the um, locker room to let you through. He said, now, you take you. And he said a few choice words that I won't share on the podcast. And he said, get the heck out of here. And um, my father uh, knew that there was a chance I might get in some trouble doing it. But uh, he, he knew I was known for some shenanigans. And, uh, but he was down there near the west end zone uh, taking, taking pictures of me as I came off the field. Um, so had that to, to live, and li- live on and for posterity. But what I loved apart the story is, you know, I wasn't able to call my brother who was down in Columbia. I wasn't able to accomplish or send him a text or email or any of those things. But somehow someone writing for the state newspaper saw this thing transpire. Oh, and wow. The front, and the front page of their sports page the next morning said 31 is an unlisted number for the Tigers. And it went into the story of an unidentified man because they hadn't found out who it was at the time. You know, snuck in, wearing number 31, ran down the hill. And uh, so he goes and picks up the paper on the front porch the next morning. And he's, uh, you know, exclaims, he did it, he did it, he did it. And um, uh, later, later on, uh, Barry Byers at the at the Herald would find out, and God rest his soul, would find out uh, that it was me and did an article. And then it kind of got picked up on the AP wire and even had a small little blurb in the USA Today eventually. So kind of wow. my claim to fame is the story. There you go. This lasted a long time, and forgive me for for taking so long to tell it. Hey, that's how, we just want to we got to have a disclaimer to tell the listeners to do not try this at home. Bubba is a trained professional uh, for the one time running down the hill, but that's that's really cool, and it's just like I said, it's experience that uh you know normally it's players and coaches, but uh but Bubba pulled it off one time, so that's awesome. What? Only two left. The number two podcast is brought to you by Mini Split Specialists. Mini Split Specialists are ready to fulfill your air conditioning and heating needs, whether you're looking for a single zone unit for a bonus room or need an experienced professional to fully design and install a complete multi-zone system for a 40-story office building. They have the tools and experience to guarantee a comfortable and energy-efficient space. Browse through their system types at minisplitspecialist.co or just give them a call at 864-305-5125. So the number two podcast of 2022 is titled Woody Dansler, ladies and gentlemen. Woody Dansler. We were so excited to have him on as a guest. I had to include his name twice. All right. We are super excited to have our special guest with us this week. I really feel like Wayne and Garth in Wayne's World from Saturday Night Live, the time they had Aerosmith on the show. Okay, we're not so worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> okay. So you guys are going to be, I just can't believe we have this person on here, but our special guest this week played quarterback for the Tigers from 1998 to 2001. He set 19 records at Clemson during that time. He remains in the top five of seven of those categories. Most impressive uh, to me and the one I always remember, he was the first ever college football player in history to record 1,000 yards rushing and 2,000 yards passing in the same season. A top positive candidate enter- entering the 2000 season from Orangeburg, South Carolina, Mr. Woody Danzler. Woody, how are you this evening? Man, I'm good. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to follow up that introduction. That's what I'm doing right now. Hey, that's 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 very modest because I, there's literally 14 pages of your highlights and stats and whatnot and the other. So it's just unbelievable season. I remember, and I know Bailey does. We had we were about four years out of college, I believe, Bailey, the both of yep, us. Yep. 
And, you know, so we're that, yeah, we remember when we were there and, and all this stuff. And you come along with Coach Bowden and just start lighting the place up. And it was, it was something to watch. We were, oh man, it was great. So, um, but speaking of that, just tell us, tell us what it was like being the quarterback at Clemson University. You know, that's, that's an interesting question because I never saw myself as just the quarterback of Clemson University. I saw myself as a member of the Clemson University football team. But for me, it was just, um, I still to this day, football to me is a game and it's meant to have fun. And the way you have fun is is to put yourself in position to have fun. And you do that just by, you know, working on your craft you know, sharpening your skills, working hard, paying attention, but most of all, just enjoying the time with the guys on the team, your friends and, and, and the coaches and things. So that's what it was for me. It was just, for me, it was just a fun time because again, football is a game and games are meant to have fun. For So for me, it was just, it was just fun times. All Amen. Hey, it was fun for the rest of us too. So that's right. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, do you have a, a really fond memory or two, something that's just, you know, stuck with you all these years from, from when you were a player? I I mean, how much time you got? I got a couple of fond memories, but I think <laughs> the one <laughs> the one that shoots to the top, they're culminated um, together in a series of times off the field, whether we were walking off the practice field, but most of them were times where, I remember sitting on the bench in front of Malden, laughing and joking with my teammates and with friends and meeting people, um, going to different sporting events, you know, going to a a, a, a rugby, not a rugby, what is it called? Um, crew, going to a crew match, going to a soccer game, going to a baseball game, you know, doing these different things with my friends. That was fun. But then also just the summer times when we're out there, we're pushing each other, we're grinding, we're working to get better, get better. You know, those are the things that I truly remember. Eric, coaching advice for the for the Tigers to finish out the season. If you were to have a – if Dabo called and said, Woody, what do we need to do just to make sure we finish out successfully, what would you tell him? Oh, boy. The first <laughs> thing – for me, I mean, it's simple. It's, it's a simple, simple message. Trust who you are and trust what you have done. Because so many times our kids, you know, they're they're social media junkies. And they can read and they can see it and hear all these different names that people try to attach to them. But they have to be able to drown out the noise and, and understand who they are, their identity, the work they put in to become the skilled and talented athletes that they are and go out and just be confident in what they can do. Don't try to play outside themselves because uh, many times you think about even and I'll say this because I was um, um, people, many, many people think that because I went to Clemson that I'm not um, supporting of, you know, the Gamecocks, but I really am because I'm from South Carolina, Orangeburg, South Carolina, born and raised, like you mentioned earlier. So any team that's here in South Carolina, whether it's Converse College, um, Greenville Tech, I mean, Upstate, um, Coastal Carolina, if there's a team, is there a school or somebody from South Carolina, I'm pulling for them. And I remember them talking about Spencer, um, what, Ratcliffe, Ratcliffe, Ratcliffe Rat, what's his name, the quarterback? Yeah. Rattlers. So they were saying about because he came into South Carolina with so much hype mm -hmm. and you can get out there. And because you got so much hype, you're trying to live up. You start trying to play outside yourself. And they were saying you saw last night he just played ball. He played lights out. 
And you think about back when Trevor's second year after the, after the um, national championship and all this hype that surrounded him and he started the season off, he wasn't playing up to his caliber. But when he relaxed, played within himself and within the team, he started to shine all over again. So I say all that just because that's my, that would be my message to the kids. Trust who you are and trust what you've done to become who you are and just play within yourself. And, and that is enough. And so nothing else matters outside that room, but you, the guys that are in there, play for one another, play for yourself, play for one another. So that would be my message to them. That sounds like good advice to me. I used to always tell kids, hey, if you're not having fun, you know, we're doing something wrong. We want to focus. Yes. You exactly play well and win, but but if you're not having a good time, then then we're doing something wrong. Was that pretty much how it went for you, Bailey? Yeah, I mean that, that's the message I've told a thousand times: is is play for each other, and uh, good things will happen. Um, and I mean it's just it, it's kind of what Clemson is now, really. If you want to look at it, even the program that you're in, Woody, uh, I, I just noticed Clemson doing things that maybe other people do, but. You know, it just seems to be done right at Clemson right now. So which podcast is number one? The most listened to fun fan podcast of 2022. Before we go there, some of you may remember when we did a regular Porta John segment on the podcast. But we took that out on the advice of people Bailey and I both admire and respect. However, based on the numbers, we may have to put that back. The number one fun fan podcast of 2022 is Putin Portageon Problems and Nick Skiba. Just a just a couple of questions, and you know this podcast is about football, but also mainly about being a fan. But first, since you are or were a college football player, give us give us a, a memorable experience that you had as a college football player. You know. I thought about this question a lot. I uh, I think that one of my some of my best memories are actually from the pregame meals that we, we used to have as a team. So Coach Clawson, who's head the head football coach at Wake, he used to he used to always hate how there was this like stigma that no one wanted to be around kickers, no one wanted to hang out with specialists. So before every game he would share a meal with the specialist. He wouldn't sit with anyone else. He would only sit with the specialist. And so I really enjoyed for the past whole four years I was at Wake, every, the night before every game, we'd have a meal with all the specialists at one table and Coach Clawson. And so it was nice to kind of get to know him and kind of just break bread and all of us get to just share stories and have a good time. And we really didn't talk about football. That was a, That was kind of a cool part is we didn't talk too much about football. We just, like, got to know each other. And I always thought that was a, a cool thing, having the, the head football coach just um, want to be around you and want to be uh, supportive and talk to you because I've heard uh, stories from other places where that might not be the uh, the same thing for uh, head coaches and specialists. Well, there you go. Yeah, that definitely sounds pretty cool when I can see that being a real player's coach uh, type person to do something like that. When you, when you first said pregame meal, I'm thinking, Hey, this is, you're speaking like an offensive lineman. Now you, <laughs> language, but, uh, you know, everybody, everybody does like to, to break the bread. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll see. So uh, now we want to talk about our weekly. This, this, I think we figured this was going to turn into a weekly thing. And I think it definitely is. It's a weekly Porter John update. So where, where Bailey and I tailgate last year, there were four Porter Johns. 
Yep. And the, fir- the first game against Furman, uh, rain, weather wasn't so great. So the crowd was a little bit thin. But yesterday, this weekend, more people, 8 o'clock kickoff. Uh, there was a line at the Porter John, and I got to looking up, and I'm like, two of the Porter Johns are missing. So the only thing I can figure, Bailey, is, you know, there's inflation and everything's, you know, there's people cutting back and people spending more. I, I think it's a Putin Porter John problem that we're having uh, on campus at Clemson. Don't you think? Well, yeah, I mean, it's all related to gas prices. We we know that. Uh, you can only haul in two instead of doubling the cost to haul in two more. Hopefully, NC State game at home, they'll have enough for everyone to enjoy the Porta Johns. Yeah, maybe they can uh they're gonna have to find the the money for the gas to to get those Porta Johns on campus. So because that's gonna be a big game. We got some big games coming up. Uh, it's gonna be a great time at now who knows if that podcast is number one due to the Porta John story or Nick Skiba. Maybe both, maybe a combination, but no offense to Skiba, I'm going with the Porta John story. By the way, Skiba has dressed and kicked for the Pittsburgh Steelers at least once uh, since he was on with us. So we hope for his continued success. We hope for the continued success of all of our guests. And uh, that wraps up the first ever Best of Fun Fans podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. We hope you continue to check us out when we post the podcast at least once a week. Don't forget to click subscribe on your favorite platform. We're going to continue to bring you stories of fun fans and plenty of great guests posting podcasts at least once a week as we go through the bowl season and the off season. One more special thanks for the support of our title sponsor, Rubens. Check out one of their locations in either Greer or Powdersville or find them at rubensc.com. On behalf of the Fun Fans Podcast, Jay Thrilla Entertainment, and the own assignment, Bailey Jackson, thanks for listening.